UFC matters with me, Steve Wraith. I'm joined by Liam Kennedy uh, a little bit late because me and him had <laughs> conflicting diaries yesterday is the best yeah. way to describe it. Um, and uh, of course, Liam was playing uh, at St. James's Park. It wasn't a trail for Newcastle United. And I don't know what's happened. Uh, he's going to send me some photographs, which I'll share with you I'm later. Just doing that now, yeah. Program. But yeah, um, first of all, um, probably not the first time you've been on the, the holy turf, but what was the occasion and what was the score? And uh, did you score? Uh, I don't know whether I really want to go into this too much. It was a, it was a bit of a grim affair, to be honest. Uh, no, it was good. It was great. It was... It was a amazing chance, and I, I just want to say a special thank you to everybody um, in Newcastle United, Lee Marshall, uh, Andrew Lisko, and everyone else who made it uh, possible for for around thirty members of the of the press team um, across uh, across the northeast to be involved in a match like that. It was good fun, we had a great time, um, and all I'll say is uh, until you're on it playing an eleven a side game. You don't really realise how big the pitch is. Uh, it's it was only thirty minutes each way. Just a little media team mess around. I've sent you through the team sheet there, um, Steve. So you might be able to put it up to see who was on each team. Uh, one was when the second kit. One was when the third kit. Again, kindly the, the club let we keep those kits, which was an amazing touch. I think they did that for other teams as well. You wouldn't have got that in the Mike Ashley era. Um, and also it was. Uh, they put on, you know, a bit of beer and a bit of pizza and stuff for everybody after. Um, that was me, Jordan Cronin and uh, Dom Skur in the middle there, just in the change room. That's actually the referees' change room that we were in. Um, the opposition team were in the um, in the way dressing room. Home one was kept strictly off bounds, uh, but it was really good. We got the chance to walk out to to local hero. Um, that's your, your team sheet there. We were we were the media select 11 1. The first Let's have one. a look at this Simon Bird, Jordan Cronin, uh, Chris Conway, Mark Douglas, Pete Graves, Mark Hannon, who of course works at the club, Chris Hunt, Liam Kennedy, number eight. Wow. Um, Andrew Lesgo, Ryan Parrish, Lee Ryder. Uh, yeah, I've played with Lee, dirty Lee Ryder, uh, Dominic Skur, <laughs> Miles Starveth, Chris Woff, 
and Colin Young. Oh, get in. The old stalwart there, number 15, Colin Young. Media Select 11. Oh, God, John Anderson in goal. Um, no, it was. This wasn't how it was set up. I think that's just alphabetical. Right. So Jeremy, no. Arm, Jeremy Armstrong, who uh, national, yeah, national. Greg Bell, Michael Dix, Keith Downey, of course, from Sky, Luke Edwards, Kieran Kelly, Andy Kerr, God, lacing up the boots again. Lee Marshall, uh, head of media, Andrew Musgrove, Tom Nipper, uh, the man who makes the wonderful videos at Newcastle United these days. Simon Old Rourke, wow, uh, Sunderland fan. Uh, big Sunderland fan, but all-round good egg, Simon. Good pal of mine. Yeah, good to see him. Andy Sixsmith, who has probably become my most interesting uh, journalist of all time in the press conferences. I think he asked, he's, he's, he's built up a little bit of banter, I think, like Jordan has with uh, with Eddie Howe. He's good. Razor, of course, solid and effective Razor. And uh, Scott Wilson, another uh, well-known name. Referee uh, Osgood, not the Peter Osgood, is it? Yeah, 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 it was. Really, never in the world. Uh, Martin Carr and is it Lee May? Yes. The right, it's a proper, I think it's an eye test. This uh, match sponsor, nufc.co.uk, ball sponsor, nufc TV, kit sponsor, uh, courtesy of Ray Thompson, nufc kit man. Fantastic bit of history that there, then, mate. I've, I've played on the pitch a couple of times, uh, but never had my name on the team sheet. So you've definitely got one ahead of me there, Liam. Yeah, so really, 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 really special day. I'll reveal it was uh, it was eight two to the uh, to the other team to the second eleven named there. Um, Tom special mention by Tom Nittler, who was an absolute star of the show. Um, we decided to play three at the back from the off with uh, myself, uh, Mark Douglas, and Simon Bird, who again was a star, one of the stars of the, of the game himself. Simon really cultured, cultured central defender. Keep dropping into midfield as well. Um, but yeah, we decided, and Tom Nipper decided, uh, Lee Marshall and Tom Nipper at times decided to to really, really go at the at the gaps down the outside of our back three, and it was just, it was a, it was carnage. It was absolute carnage. The pace uh, did fall in the first half. It was, it was, uh, I think it was five one at half time. Then second half eased off. We got a bit more organised, changed a few positions, and managed to create some chances. Um, yeah, it, it was a, it was a it was a tough afternoon, but it was just incredible, you know, when you're out there. Like, yeah, there's little things when you're on the pitch that you don't really notice, like how uh, how much the slope is. Yeah, I was running backwards down the slope at the start, and I actually tumbled over, like literally, you know, trying to run full speed. Yeah, it, it's, it's quite an incredible slope when you're actually on it. So I have special. Uh, I really have a, a feeling for what Dan Byrne goes through on that on that left hand side as well at times, um, but yeah, we all had a little penalty shootout as well at the end, and I managed to at the Gallagher end, I managed to slot mine top left hand corner, uh, top left uh, corner, and it was it was quite a special moment. I might try and send you that little video, Steve. I don't know if you can you upload videos. Can yeah, I can, mate. Yeah, we can yeah. do that. Yeah, I, I, yeah and again, like I, I did that at the Gallagher end the, the weekend. The weekend that Shearer missed the penalty against Wolves, I was filming goal the uh, the film, and um, I I got a chance to take a penalty against the, uh, the at the time the guy who was lead actor who eventually got kicked off and I had to remake the like remake certain parts right. of the film. But uh, yeah, I scored one at the Gallagher end, uh, straight down the middle, mate. Broke, broke the net. And and who scored? Was it Graves? He got both goals I saw on Twitter. So he did, yeah. He got he got one the of penalties? them. Was, oh, was it? One of them was a penalty. The second one in the second half was a penalty. Um, first one was an absolute belter. He scored no. it from about, from about 25 yards. Yeah, real. He couldn't crap. hit a barn door when he played for Felon. 
Yeah, no, he was good. He was really good. He played up front, um, took the huff a little bit in the second half uh, when things weren't going our way. I think he wanted to be on the winning team rather than the losing team, but it was all good fun. We all had a good laugh and, good. and a bit of a drink and things like that after. So I probably would have been a bit, a little bit well served if I'd come on last night. So it was probably best to best to keep it to this afternoon. <laughs> you tell the truth anyway, Liam, when you're on this programme, which yeah. is why I end up with a, a load of questions. Whenever I put out a, a fishing net for questions for shows, yours is the one that gets the most. And I think that's because people respect your opinion and respect the fact you don't come on and um, you know lead us up the garden path. And uh, you, you've always got an honest answer for an honest question. So uh, we're going to go with the ones on Twitter first, Drew. Um, he says, could you ask, with Newcastle qualifying for Champions League ahead of schedule, Will NUFC ramp up plans for stadium extension due to higher ticket demands? So, sorry, summarise that one, Steve, because I was in the middle of saying something as well. All right. Do you think that with us qualifying for the Champions League ahead of schedule, that Newcastle will ramp up plans for stadium extension due to higher ticket demands? Uh, No, I think that's going along at at a decent speed anyway. I don't think it's going to be something that happens overnight. I think we're talking medium term rather than short term, but it won't be long term. Um, I think we'll see some kind of developments. I kind of want to, I'll use this question in some ways to, I don't want to dampen expectations, but I will downplay possibly people let things run wild in their mind about uh, the, the actual size of expansion that probably can be achieved at St. James's Park. So realistically, if you do, if you just think about what you've got at the other end, if you I've spoken to a few people about this and, and the idea is if you do the Gallagher like you've done the other end, you're probably only going to add max 6,000 to the to the, the attendance. So what's that take you up in any 59? I mean, that's probably the first reasonable one. With that, there's going to be a, a an increase in the number of corporate tickets. It won't be in that end. It'll probably be more in the Milburn. Um so there will be slight changes, but I, I, I just want to sort of play it safe with people because I think there's a lot of people in their mind are sort of sitting saying, oh, how many people would buy tickets? There's, you know, you kind of get them for love, no money. When we extend this stadium, it's going to have, there's going to be suddenly 15,000 more tickets available to fans. That just isn't going to be the case, sadly. And even with the expansion, all of that won't be season tickets because I know there is a, there is, there's an acute awareness within the football club that they don't want St. James's Park to become a closed shop. So they see the ratio of season tickets to available tickets to, to fans without season tickets as slightly balanced unfairly. Hence why when they uh, did the announcements last summer, they didn't make season tickets available. It was almost like it was just basically available to fans. And I think they're acutely aware of that. Um that they, they don't want to make St. James's Park somewhere where fans who maybe can't afford a season ticket or, fan, or newer fans, younger fans who, who want to be a part of the movement of the football club don't get the opportunity to at least go to a couple of games a season. So I suspect there might be a balance towards uh, a little bit more corporate and a little bit more, um, a little bit more general sale tickets that's the way i would probably see an expansion going which i actually in, in many ways i don't think you can complain about because why would you want to make st james's park a closed shop of course everybody's got self-interested heart <clears throat> and if you want to buy a season ticket you want to get one you want to be make sure you're there every game but 
what about the 15,000 other people who might want to go? It's 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 actually quite a balanced approach. I think it's quite clever and it widens the availability of fans. Because you have things like places like at Old Trafford and Chelsea where, they, where people literally kind of get in, literally kind of get in at all. And it's been that way for 10 years. And I think they're really keen to avoid that kind of thing here. That's my impression of conversations that I've had in the not too recent past. All right. There's the team photo. Right at the front line. I know I was right in the middle there. Yeah, I wasn't. Panini. I wasn't much in the middle of play to be fair. But to be uh, fair, you've modelled that on uh, Panini sticker album. <laughs> Very Panini as the uh, opposition. They look a lot more. Look, you can just even look. see. You can see before kickoff. They just look a bit more organised. Yeah, lean. they do. They do. There was a bit of weight carried on our side, like no doubt about it. It's been like some kind of like training camp done by that mob. That's that's yeah. for, for certain anyway. This yeah, uh, it's the knee alignment as well. We're, we're a bit ragtag. Yeah. We're a bit all over the place, and they're all perfect. Okay, here it comes. Liam Kennedy scores at the Gallagher end. Brilliant, that mate. I'm gonna now have to try and dig mine out and play it on, yeah, uh, on this good. format at some point because uh, I'll do it. I'll keep it for the next show that we do together. But that was good, mate. Really good. Uh, nervous, even though there was nobody there. No, I had a rubbish game, so uh, I had now to lose with a penalty. To be honest, I was. Uh, I was just. <laughs> it was one of those where it was a shootout, and that was actually quite crucial. We were um, we were three one down in the shootout, and, and it looked everyone was looking around saying who's going to take one. And I just looked and thought, I've got now to lose, now to lose here. So just yep. stepped up, didn't, didn't feel any pressure. Just thought, I'm just going to put this, put this top left if I can. Class, great finish. And that's why I didn't celebrate because we ended up losing the shootout as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Sid Stubart, uh, who's a good pal of mine, known him for many, many years. He says, what, what's Liam's thoughts on Sela as a potential new sponsor? He says it could be argued that a company without Saudi connections would have been an easier sponsor and would curtail the sport washing claims, which. Let's face it, Sid, we're always going to get them thrown at us. But Craig Hope went big with this yesterday, Liam. Um, yeah. Certainly given a, a pointer by somebody that this is almost a done deal. 24, 25 million pound a year, um, at least for the next three years, um, which is the, the level we were hoping for, I guess. Um, nothing will stop us as well going out to get other sponsorship packages. But that sounds like a fairly good deal. Any any updates on this from your perspective? Have you spoken to Craig? I haven't spoken to Craig, um, but I think it's fair. The money, the money from the conversations I've had is right. That's what it was always going to be, in and around that bracket with three particular companies all vying for it. Um, I haven't had any official confirmation with regards whether it's uh, definitively seller, but I think given um, Craig's standing and contacts, I think it's fairly uh, not fairly. It's absolutely spot on to report that that's correct. Um, and I think that there's some some talking about having Newcastle under sold themselves, have they not? I mean, you're talking about a, a team with absolutely zero pedigree. You just have to look at some of these sites that kick around European coefficients and things like that. And Newcastle United is as, clo is as close to zero as you could possibly get. So that just shows that Newcastle United don't deserve to have sponsorships of the level of Tottenham Hotspur, which I know a lot of people are comparing. It's been one season since we fought relegation. And suddenly we've jumped into the Champions League. It doesn't work. Things don't work like that. 
there needs to be a, a legacy of success to start entertaining, getting up to your 40s and 50s per season, which other clubs do, and your 80s and 90s of 20 or 30 years of sustained success, which you see the teams at the very top of the division. So I think, <clears throat> I think yeah, I think everyone needs to just chill a little bit with the criticism. I think 25 is record-breaking for this football club. Uh, a really, really good deal, and it will be the first of many, I'm led to believe. I don't think it's going to be the, the only one. And that's one of the ways that, look, it's key. They've got to make sure that revenues, I'll try and say this right. So thinking about it, Newcastle have probably jumped ahead. I would argue at least one season, potentially two. I mean, a lot of people talking three or four. That's not really the case. There was an expectation this season from within that they would be challenging for six, seven. And everyone else was saying, oh, I'll be happy with 10th in a cup run. That That's not really how things work. Not when you're an ambitious football club. There was an expectation that they would have a cup run and be in 6-7 contention. Then the next season, next season, everyone has to remember, the Champions League is, is highly likely to go to five teams because of the, the reshape of the competition. So there should be five places on offer to English football, which is going to be the top five um, in the Premier League. So it's a little bit easier to get in next year. I think the thought was maybe next year would be the one where you'd be fighting, you'd be knocking on the door of five, six. Um, so really, when they're not, that, 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 that probably, I mean, it, it might date badly, but I would suspect Manchester United will probably jump ahead of Newcastle United, which I know you, you can't be greedy in these situations, which maybe I am being. I was really liking the idea of, for the first time in Premier League history, the only team that Newcastle United have never finished above in, in the Premier League is Manchester United. So I was hoping we might get to that stage. But I think that draw on Monday, even though it, it, it didn't matter and it doesn't matter from now, was probably going to end that. And I'll just add, <clears throat> add a caveat to that as well. I wouldn't be lumping your money on Newcastle to win on, on Sunday, even though they're playing a struggling Chelsea side who could have been able to buy a win for about six months. I think I think there's a few, you know, and I, I, and this is no criticism because the, the bloody deserve it. I think there's going to be a few changes and I think there's a few kind of already in the mindset that the job's done. And look, who could complain that the football club and the managers taking it ease off a little bit and some of the players are easing off a little bit. We've seen... Um, you may or may not have seen videos, photos of them doing karaoke and cosy jaws and 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 going out for you know drinks and burgers and Jesmond and and all that kind of thing. And look, it'll get back to the serious stuff from today onwards. But I just I wouldn't be putting your life savings on Newcastle going to Chelsea and winning on Sunday with uh, quite a few knocks, quite a few injuries, and a little bit of a <clears throat> we're ready for the summer mindset. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, I think that. I think. Yeah, I wouldn't be expecting much. But you know, it might be an opportunity for some to come in and state a claim and, and make a real uh, performance of it. But yeah, I think so. The idea is that they've probably jumped ahead. I would say by at least one or two seasons of where where they should be um, at the moment. Um, yeah, that, I would agree with that, mate. Uh, extension um, may happen at some point, but we will just have to wait. Next question off Twitter uh, was from Nathan. He says, hi, Liam and Steve. Which team would you most like to see us play in the Champions League? Um, you know, for old time's sake, uh, I'd love to see Newcastle get Barcelona um, or uh, Inter Milan in, in the group. Either one of those would be great. But I would like to see... 
Real Madrid at St James's Park. I think that would be a big one for me. What about you, Liam? So, I've always said Real Madrid. They are the best football club on the planet. I always have been, pretty much, since, you know, for much of much of recent history. So, for me, I, I want to see Newcastle. I don't, I'm the opposite of you, Steve. I don't want to see we play teams we've already played before. I quite like the new experiences and new teams. So, I would quite prefer that to go down the other route. The only problem I've now got with Real Madrid, given that they didn't win the Spanish uh, League and aren't going to win the Champions League, is that they've been pot two. That's defined that they will actually be in pot two of the competition because it's European League winners plus Champions League winner, the six big uh, winners plus a Champions League winner and uh, Europa League winner. So it looks like it's going to be seven because Man City are already going to be in there. Um, so it'll be seven leagues winners. Is that right? Yeah, seven league winners plus uh, Europa League winner and Real Madrid aren't going to be in that. So it would be a it would be a remarkably tough group if Newcastle did get Real Madrid. Um, that group B is already shaping up there. Well, the group, the second pot, sorry, is already shaping up to be a quite a tasty selection of teams. To be fair. Because it looks like Dortmund are going to be in the, the first pot if they win the uh, Bundesliga. Um, obviously, Barcelona win La Liga. So, it means Real Madrid and Bayern Munich. Two teams that I would like to see Newcastle United play uh, are probably going to be in the, the second pot. Look, wait long enough for this. Um, I want to see Newcastle United good account themselves. And I don't really want to go into this tournament with a tourist mentality. But... You get to the top level, you play top teams. That's that's a top end of it. Um, unless you're Leicester, who got into it last, the last team outside of the big six, or supposed big six, soon to be deposed big six. Um, Leicester got a, basically got a Europa League group in the Champions League, remarkably. Um, and I wouldn't want that either. I, I don't want to see, I wouldn't want to get there and end up getting, you know, I, I wouldn't, because Feyenoord are likely to be in pot one now as well with the uh, Eredivisie title. Um so I wouldn't want to see, you know, Feyenoord and three, two other poor teams or lesser names. I do want to see a couple of good games and and another more winnable one. Yeah, uh, you know, for me, Real Madrid coming to St James's Park will be fascinating. Just got to enjoy it. And I think what we've got to remember is, well, Newcastle are the uh, the unknown quantity in the Champions League uh, this season. They go into the tournament with nothing to fear, but also with everything to prove. Um, I genuinely think that it, it's a European journey which will bring some surprises. And, you know, even in the past, you know, we, we went into the competition and lost all our first three group games, but then went on to qualify for the later stages by winning the next three. So, you know, it really, it, it, it's just going to be exciting. I think all of us will be in the same boat. We're not, you know, we, we, we can't wait to be at St. James's Park and hear the Champions League music uh, playing again. Um, it'll be very, very special and uh, the players have deserved that. And, um, you know, for me, uh, exciting times ahead. Okay, um, let's go into the questions in the chat now. And lots of people, of course, want to know, um, you know, sponsor, you know, sponsors and, and new players and stuff. We'll get to that in a second. Mr. Anderson, we'll finish. We'll be the last question on the game yesterday. What rating would you give yourself, Liam, for yesterday's game? Uh, two. <clears throat> two. <I> <laughs> At least you're honest, you see. I, I, I said this to, uh, to Jordan and Dom, and I thought I was being a bit unkind on myself. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd give myself two. I tell you what, out of the three of us guys who played, I tell you what, special shout out to Miles as well. Miles started on the bench, came it's on. A player, you know, 
Ah, he did a fantastic job. Uh, played right wing back and left wing back and switched back to the right when he got a bit knackered of running after Tom Nipper, um, who I compared to Jacob Murphy with a lot more end product. Um, he was he was very very good. Um, but yeah, it was it was a great game. I'll give myself two, maybe three in a push. Steve um, wants to know: Will all of the out of contract players leave Newcastle this summer? Uh, without having the list in front of us, it's a difficult question to ask answer, but it's a difficult question to answer anyway because there's some strange noises coming out, which I ha- do have a theory behind them. Obviously, there's you know there's there's an idea that Matt Ritchie will leave. He's got he's on quite a big contract, um, but I know he's really really well liked by Eddie Howe, understandably so. He's been a fantastic. Uh, player around the place, like genuinely very, very good for for morale and uh, keeping intensity up in training and everything that he does. I know he's always wanted to go back down south, so I I, I wouldn't say he's nailed on. Um, but Paul Dummett's the other one that's like and Gillespie possibly, Gillespie less so, but, but definitely Dummett, I would say, because of the Champions League rules, uh, you need a certain amount of homegrown players and you automatically ticks that box. So it wouldn't be a surprise to see him get a new deal. And I mean, depending on the strength of the 25-man Premier League squad, I mean, it, it may be the case that he's named in a Champions League squad and not a Premier League squad. It might be the case that he's named in both. I, I don't know. So I think I think Dummett, despite not really kicking a ball, t- ticks a huge box when it comes to... Because it's four players in the 25 who've got to tick that box. And there aren't many who tick that box at all in Newcastle United's squad at the moment. So it could be one where he gets a deal uh, on that basis. Plus, he's a good character around the place. It's not like he's he's bad. But it's one of those, yeah, that, that, that rather than fill a squad with players who you think were slightly better, it might be a case of continuity that some of them are kept some of them are kept on um on board, which you would think would normally go. So Looking at it that way, I think Carrius is a nailed on to leave. Goalkeeper situation is going to have a lot of lot of changes, uh, realistically. Um, because Carrius, Dubravka, uh, Darlow, who's got quite still got a few years left on his contract, and of course Gillespie are all big question marks over the future. So we could see quite a turnaround in that department, I think, moving forward. Mm, goalkeeper situations, yeah, definitely need to be sorted out. Some people feel we'll need a new goalkeeper. We'll be uh, doing transfer shows throughout the uh, the summer, so don't worry, you'll still be getting your fix of NUFC matters each day. Chris wants to know, can they get a training sponsor as well as a main sponsor? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, I think get a sponsor for anything these days, can't you? Yeah, I would expect. Hmm. Speaking out of turn, yeah, let's just. I'm just going to think this through before I say anything. Yes, yeah, so I do think they're going to sponsor a lot of things. And as well as the shirt sponsor, I would keep an eye out. And I don't know if it's going to end up being connected to the shirt sponsor or not, but it's definitely worth keeping an eye out for uh, something in the summer, which involves teams and St. James's Park. I'm not going to say any more than that. Does that, mm. is that is that intriguing enough? Does it kind of? I'm just trying not to give too much. Yeah, yeah, okay. Teams and St James's Park. 
and a sponsor. Right. Okay. So there we go. Yes, it's a seed planted in Newcastle United fans' minds. And now uh, there isn't any qualifying rounds, Tom. It's straight into the uh, straight into the rounds, straight into the games. There's no, you know, there's no third or fourth worries this time round. It's uh, changed the format of the uh, the Champions League. So um, you know. Good news for us, I guess. Uh, Tom did ask if uh, ASM has a future at the club with us playing Champions League football next season. And uh, he also asks, should we go for Harry Kane? Because he's missed out on Champions League football this season. So one in, one out. Tom wants to to, to pick your brains about and, and get your thoughts on, on that. What's what's your thoughts? Sorry, what was the first question? I was just taking a message. ASM to leave? Yeah, I think that'll probably happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, okay. don't, I don't really see... Uh, I don't see a long-term future for him at Newcastle United. Uh, I don't. I don't necessarily think he's a definite to leave. I think he wants to stay in some respects, but they would have got rid of him last year if they could have found takers. They, they essentially were asking too much money for him last year. That's the problem. So I think there'll probably be a an adjusting of minds on that one, um, and I think they'll accept a much lesser fee. I'd be surprised if you get more than £20 million for Alan's at maximum in the current market. That would be my suggestion. And if we're, if Newcastle are willing to accept that, then I think you'll definitely leave. And Harry Kane? It's too too old for me. It's not It's not even... He's on far too much money. Mm. But like, if you get linked to any of these players are in that... I've talked about on this show before with fans that need to understand. So I talked about the idea when Raheem Sterling was leaving uh, Manchester City, there was probably only a select band of three or four clubs, football clubs on the planet, who could afford his wages, even if he took a reduction. Harry Kane is very... When he leaves uh, Tottenham Hotspur, will jump into that bracket. He will be one of the the players that can only sign for a select three or four football clubs on the planet. Um, And that won't be Newcastle United. Mm. Okay, halfway through the show, time for the ads. A big thanks to all our sponsors, Skips and Bins, telephone 0800 2545 email inquiries at skipsandbins.com, website skipsandbins.com, easy contract free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. A big thanks to Mr Vicky's Sources, which are handmade in Cumbria. You can find them at their website, mrvickys.co.uk. If you want to place an order, call 01768 210102 or email info at mrvickys.co.uk. A big thanks to Media Arts for all the help with the video side of things and to qtechshop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls End, Newcastle and the guys who run our website, nufcmatters.com. If you like the channel, please hit the like underneath the video. It helps us grow and click share and share it to your other social media. If you want to help us financially, please click join. And there's a range of different packages and it explains how you can do that. If you want to become a cult member, and receive these goodies, a scarf, a pen, and a cup, and a membership card, and entry into the monthly draw. For a one-off fee of £25, simply go to nufcmatters.com and find cult membership. If you've got a smartphone, put it over this QR code now. It'll take you straight there. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcast providers. And we also support the food bank on this channel. The Matchday Bucket helps you donate virtually. Go to nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk to find out more. We've got some events coming up 
over the course of the next 12 months. An evening with John Anderson takes place at the Time Mouse Surf Cafe. Only limited tickets available. 13th of June. Go to their website to buy tickets. Bend it like Bobby. Cometh the hour, cometh the man. And just after the hour, the man did cometh at the double. As it was time to bend it like Bobby. It's a comedy play. It's a rehearsed reading by Jim O. It features myself and a few other cast members. Friday the 16th of June. Tickets on sale at newcastlelegends.com and they're only £5. An evening with Frank Clark. Well, this is our Christmas due. Uh, Thursday, December the 7th. Tickets are £15 from nufcmatters.com at the Tyneside Irish Centre. And a big one for the new year. January the 25th. Keegan Waddle and Beardsley and special guests back together. The class of 1984 at the Tyne Theatre and Opera House on Westgate Road. Uh, tickets available direct from the venue. If you like T-shirts and you want a few for the summer, get yourself to nufcmatters.com. The Isaac T-shirt is proven very popular. Okay, BT, as will Eddie be the first English manager to win the Premier League by taking Newcastle to the top, or is he one to take them on the journey? So... It's a big question, isn't it? I mean, we've overachieved this year. Uh, we're ahead of schedule. Um, let's say next season, hypothetically, we don't finish in the top four. Uh, we miss out on Champions League. Don't go on a cup run to Wembley. Top five. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it's going to put them under pressure, isn't it? Are we going to have our Manchester City moment next year or the year after? It's uh, it's. You think that you think the club will stick by him? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think no. I think the club are over the moon with what he's achieved. Uh, I think it would take a drastic turn turnaround in, in fortunes for them to to doubt that he's very very popular with everybody at the football club. Really popular with the people making the football decisions on a day to day basis. Um, I don't see. I think it's massively massively exceeded expectations. Overachieved last year. I've done exactly the same this year. And for me, there is an understanding by the ownership group that they see that he's overachieved. So I think if they dip down to levels that they thought that they go back to the the trajectory that they thought they were going to be on, there's no way that Eddie Howe will be getting uh, taken anywhere. He's he, he's going to be given the opportunity to grow with the football club and achieve with the football club, and I think he's earned that. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think there'll be no rash decisions. I don't think Eddie's going to have a Mark Hughes moment. I think uh, he will be given the time. <laughs> I think he's earned the respect. Um, of the owners. Uh, what you've got to remember as well, Steve, is that <clears throat> speak to people who are at the football club and you know it and I know it because we spent time with them privately and there was an idea that the most material, me personally, having worked in the industry, you know, around 15 years, the most meticulous person and manager calculated I'd ever come across was Rafa Benitez and Already last summer, I was speaking with a lot of people around the football club who were there when Rafa Benitez was there compared to Eddie Howe. And they were telling me, if you thought Rafa Benitez was detailed and meticulous, then you want to really know about what Eddie Howe has been doing. So I think there is a lot of respect there. This isn't done by accident. You talk about the Mark Hughes moment. I think Mark Hughes was ever that type of manager. And we're talking a different age altogether. Um, this isn't done by accident, this achievement. This is done by hard work. The guy, the guy gives himself the edge by getting in every day at six a.m. 
There is another manager in the Premier League who does that, and he's the last person to leave. He's he's a committed, uh, hard-working manager, um, the antithesis of the manager that we had previously at this football club, and I think everyone will respect that. And even if things take a dip in form, it's not going to be because he's 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 slacking or, and I think fans should fall back on that and see that as well that even if things don't go as well, it's not because he hasn't prepared, it's not because it hasn't done this, hasn't worked them on the training ground, it's not because the players are upset. This is this is a meticulous, driven, ambitious manager who will be given the opportunity to to go up and down and dip. And I think you I think half the seat at this moment in time, it's difficult to see. You can never predict this in football, but as I sit here in this moment, I'd, I'd struggle to see why he wouldn't be here for years to come. Yeah, I, I think that's the way that they want it as well. They, they, they yeah. don't want to have you know the carnage of you know a, a, you know a, a rash decision, and then I, I think he's earned the right. I think he's he's done a cracking job. Uh, question for Liam: We know Newcastle are looking for a feeder club. Would Austria be a good place? Is RB Salzburg have a wealth of talent due to not needing work permits? You couldn't do that because they're already part of another group, and that's in right. Austria. Austria couldn't work. With another mm-hmm. club, but you couldn't do Harvey or Salzburg. Okay. Um, next question um, is from Johnny. He says, question for Liam. Stato from uh, the Toon Review mentioned this and seemed a good point, but does Liam think how will be recruiting players based on their attributes, then coach them into different positions and roles? Um, it's an interesting question. No, I think he'd be trying to sign good players that he sees fit the roles as a priority. I don't think you'll want to be going into a Premier League season with the Champions League's only six weeks out, trying to mould footballers um, into new positions. So, no, I think the priority will be on signing uh, players who he believes can influence and improve the team immediately rather than long-term projects. Yeah, he's going to want players who are going to hit the ground running. I think he's already you know, said that as well in, in, in a lot of his uh, press conferences. You know that they're looking for players who you know have Premier League experience. He he doesn't want to be coaching players into you know into those roles. Chris is worried about the budget. He says um, Eddie has said we don't have a big budget, so how can we go into the Champions League with a lack of quality in midfield and missing a wide forward who can score? Uh, we don't have these players. So stop worrying. Stop yeah. worrying, Christopher. There's no point worrying. You would have said at the start of the season, how can you how can you qualify for a Champions League with the team that we've done? He's went yeah. and done that. You can do a lot with a group of players if you've got the togetherness and belief. And yes, they need to strengthen and need to add depth into the squad. Don't worry about how much money you spend. They will add strength and depth to the squad, I'm sure. Yeah, like you said, don't panic, I think is the, is the, right, the, the right phrase. Why would you worry? Why would exactly. you worry? When we've already achieved the what, what was actually absolutely unattainable for 15 yeah. years, it was never even a conversation. It wasn't even, you all went to bed at night and not once did you ever dream that we'd be back in the Champions League because it was so ridiculously unattainable on the previous owner. Eddie Howe's done it in 18 months. What on earth is that worry about? That they won't spend 500 million like Chelsea and balls it all up. Like, what, what's the what's the worry? Let's just trust them. They're getting it right this far. I think they've got enough cash in the bank now in terms of... Uh, mistakes to go and you know if they, if they do fail and he doesn't build a strong enough squad to learn from it and improve from it I wouldn't worry about it uh, Liam what do you think of Liverpool going to the referee governing body to seek an explanation for the contentious decisions which ended their late bid for Champions League football says Tom hilarious great crack on they'll get the answer from PGMOL I can show you 
they're getting absolutely no nothing from that, and they're just making a fool of themselves like they have done. Jurgen Klopp's done all season. Yeah, I, I just think it's laughable. It really is. I mean, they're just making themselves look fools, aren't they, really? Uh, Alan says, good to hear about how I think he's earned a shot at taking the team to the next level. He's the best. But uh, Jordy Jedi says, if Rafa didn't take the Everton job, they would have given him the Toon job. Thank God that didn't happen. I wouldn't say, look, I think that's really harsh on Rafa, to be honest. Me too. Thank God yeah. it didn't happen. Because Rafa would have been a great appointment for the football club. Um but in Eddie Howe, they, they've they've managed to to trump that and the, the achievements. There's no reason Rafa wouldn't have done the same thing, but he would have done it in a slightly different manner. So I, I don't want to sit here and, and say thank God we didn't get Rafa because I think he was a, a tremendous uh, tremendous character for the football club and took the job in a really really difficult time and, and guided were guided were back to where we we belong to be. Yeah, you know the fact that he you know him and his team were partly responsible for bringing Amanda Slavely to the table. Um, Look, Steve, you, you know you're down, you're downplaying it because you know more than anybody else. Mm. That's that, like Rafa's team was not partly responsible; yeah. it was wholly responsible. Owen Brown was Owen Brown is the reason, yep. in my opinion, why this football club's got new ownership. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it is. I mean, had it not been for Owen, you know, getting Amanda to come here when you know you know, PIF size were elsewhere, then it would never have gone through. So yeah, it's a hundred percent. There should be a statue built of Owen Brown. It's in James's <laughs> Park. And people will come up and go, who the hell's that? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, for, for obvious reasons. Uh, Tom says, it's great to see Garen Coel score last night for Hearts. It, it certainly was. Um, we've spoken about him a few times on, on the platform over the last eight or nine months. And uh you know, not really had a run of games to, to speak of up there, been uh, unused substitute quite a lot of the time that he's been there, but took his goal well last night against Rangers. Took it really well. I think he's a player who could have a future, but I think that future is a little way down the line. Um, I'm sure he would, have, he would have learned as a player and a person that about certain things about himself and about his game in this tough period. And it quite often happens with first loans. I mean, you're talking about a lad who... Has come from Australia, where he's, he's only he'd only ever made substitute appearances um, in his career. He'd never started a football match, not even in Australia. So it's a big jump. It's a big jump, and I, and I know people have joke on about this. I worked up in Scotland for a while and joke on about the Farmers League rubbish and all that kind of thing. Look, the standards and great at times. Some of the standard of footballers is awful, actually, in the top division of Scottish football. It's a strange one because of the pool of players that you get. You can get certain teams where there's a couple of Premier League players in there potentially, but then there'll be there'll be lads who wouldn't get a game for Blair Spartans in the same team because it's such a small small pool up there. But I, I think it's a it's been a, a tough tough learning curve for him being thrown in at that level of football and expected to deliver. It's physical, um, and I think luckily he'll learn stuff from it. But I wouldn't. I think I think anybody expecting Garen Cole to be part of the first team squad next season probably needs to get a head of shake. Because, like I say, the lad hadn't even started a match before he came over to the UK. And I think another good couple of loans would be the only way we'll find out whether he'll ever be ready for this level of football. Mm. Uh, Chris uh, says, Liam, every top side's got goals from the wide players. We don't have that, sorry. But it's a fact that all top teams have goals from the wide side. It's not money, it's goals from wide. Uh, like the RB, uh, he goes on to say... I don't mean to sound rude, Liam. It's just you look at every top side, they all have inside forwards. Madrid have Junior and Rodrigo. Barca have Torres, Rafina. Liverpool have five. 
we have none. Maybe something to address in the summer, Liam. Well, I think that's exactly where they want to strengthen. I think one of the key priorities is to improve on on one of the one of the sides. I think the the hope is that it can sign at least one midfielder as well, which would allow them to play Joe Linton on the left hand side as a wide forward, which suits his game. It's, that's the best place for him. Um, and I think if you can get a couple of midfielders in, then they'll be much stronger for it in that that department. With the idea that Joe Linton can drop in if he needs to. But I think we've seen that end of season form of his. Uh, when he was out there and he had to be brought back in because of the injury to Sean Longstaff, it, I wouldn't have bet against Joe Linton getting, getting double figures. And look, every team does have them. But if you use Joe Linton and Miguel Almiron as the examples of, of Newcastle's probably strongest strength inside forwards, one's got 11 and one's got eight. And I've no doubt the other one would have hit double figures as well had he been allowed to continue his season as a left forward. Um, but they need to improve. And I think the idea... I understand it would have been improved to improve on uh, Almiron's side. Okay, Stephen says, uh, do you think our weakness this season, he says, I hate saying that, he says, was that we weren't punishing teams with the number of corners and set pieces we had? Been a marked change in set piece delivery. I don't know if anybody's noticed that. Um, I thought it was a deliberate ploy, let's remind us, I thought it was a deliberate ploy to attack Jason Steele and his lack of height. Um, against Brighton, where they were pinging balls in. Trippier's sole purpose with corners was to ping it in on on top of uh, Jason Steele. They eventually got you know the first goal from that with a, with a uh, field flick at the front post from Undav. But then again, again against Leicester, the sole tactic was ping it right in on the goalkeeper, um, which did did end up causing problems again. Um, so that has been a marked change, but I think I think in general they've tried things this season, but probably not tried them enough. And I think I'm not going to be I'm I'm not going to criticise Kieran Trippier because I don't think it's the delivery that's the problem. I see a lot of people talking about that. For me, it's that Newcastle don't have enough aggressive attackers of the ball in the opposition box. We've got a tall side, but not nearly enough um, defenders who attack balls. You've got Burn. Share and uh, Botman, none of which have shown any signs that they're aggressive and will attack the ball like a Jamal Lascelles did, um, and, and someone like Kieran Clark who scored goals from centre half, you know, Nikos Davizas and, and players like that in the in the past years, years gone by. There's no real Newcastle United aggressive headers in that uh, in that defensive unit. And look, I think it's probably a, a fault of theirs that they've consisted trying to get it in on the tall men because it's just not worth this season. But I've got to say in the last two games, I've noticed a marked difference in the style that of, of balls it's gone in. And it does seem like they're firing it in at the goalkeeper um, and hoping for mistakes or, or little melees and they've scored a couple of goals from it the last few last few games. So long may it continue. Yeah, long may it continue uh, indeed and uh, plenty to look forward to uh, next season, guys. Uh, there the really is. Um, is it true that Ashworth had some of his team at the press match, Liam? <laughs> what, well, what's your new? Uh, I wouldn't want to, uh, I wouldn't want anybody doing player ratings on us. Never mind, we normally do it on the players. Jesus, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want player ratings on us. There'd be some low marks kicking around. I know that. Mighty Wynn says the main problem this season is not converting good uh, chances. Uh, we're worst in the Premier League for that, which is an interesting stat, but 
you know, there's, nobody said we were perfect. There's plenty to work on. That's that's for certain. Alan says, uh, saying Ugart, Diaby, um, centre-half and left-back, and we are sorted. Chris, uh, continuing his conversation with Liam, says, yeah, Liam, I rate Miggy on the left, but we um, we do need a goal threat. The open defence is up, but Miggy's 29, so I can see that with our budget getting Diaby. Um, even Sabosley, uh, he can play... Number ten, centre midfield, and lethal. So yeah, lots of lots of opinions, lots of uh, lots of ideas. Uh, we'll come to that in a second. Tom, uh, sure they mean business. Rice and Kane. This is the mighty win. <laughs> Doesn't want Kane. Uh, Liam Share takes a no good hiding that. in every game. It's all just silliness. Like I know people are having fun with it, but make sure it is just fun. Because I feel like when these names get mentioned, it almost like influences some fans to start believing that that's the level Newcastle are on. Are a million miles away from that at the moment. There's no chance those deals could even even come into thoughts this summer. It just doesn't happen. I mean, what's so so um Declan Rice leaves, for example, West Ham and gets the option to sign a contract in Manchester United on 300 k a week. Newcastle United cannot, will not get even close to competing on that and shouldn't either, because it has a massive knock-on effect on one of the big strengths that Newcastle have had this season is the unity. Why would you want to, why would you want to upset like Atlacar by throwing in there a couple of 300 grand a week players? Then all of a sudden you've got Bruno saying, well, wait there, that new deal I'm just about to sign, that's only on 150. Well, why am I not on 300? Just causes problems. And I, I think let's let it be a little bit more organic. We're a little bit further ahead of the schedule than what we were. And everybody gets impatient and wants success instantly, but just enjoy the ride. It's going to be a long ride. So, Strap yourselves in. Yeah. Enjoy it, folks. Enjoy it. That's that's the whole thing. And who would have thought that for us, Geordies, this summer, Christmas is coming early, says Stephen. Uh, Michael says, Trippier's delivery is spot on. Just a shame big Al isn't in the box waiting. He would oh, be licking would, his yeah. lips. Ward yeah. Prowse would be a good sign, says Mark. Not for me. I don't, I've, I've heard him linked, and I, and I think he has been on long lists of transfer targets, but he's not the level of player that I want to see sign at Newcastle United. Has uh, lacks a massive level of mobility. I think if you're going to go and sign a Ward Prowse, you may as well take a Tielemans if that's the level of player that you're going to go because there's a similar similar level of mobility between the two players. And the Super Mac says, and we'll have uh, our second podcast today. It'll be five o'clock. We'll six Super Mac and Gibble. Uh, he says. Why sign players from relegated teams? And I mean, somebody pointed out in the chat last week, Nick Pope was from a relegated team. But I think the point is that people are saying, well, sign Madison, sign Tielemans, sign Ward-Prowse. You know, you don't want to be going to sign a whole team of relegated players. Otherwise, you end up with a team of relegated players. So, you know, there's a reason they've been relegated. I don't understand Malcolm's uh, philosophy, um, you know, and I can also understand you know, some of our viewers. But um, I still think Ward-Prowse would be would be an, an improvement. I think he would fit Eddie, Eddie Howe's remit. And I think we all have to trust Howe that whoever he, whoever comes through the door, A, he will have had some say in it, and B, he'll be competent in his own ability to, to bring the best out of them, uh, Liam. Yeah, definitely. I think just <clears throat> trust what he's done so far. You didn't expect him to have done this well. So so could have a bit slack over the summer. I, I don't... Uh, mm-hmm. You wouldn't have. I think. I think very few people would have signed Dan Byrne, given the option in that first yeah. window, and, and look at what he did. Um, so I, I would just leave it. Leave it with the manager. Yeah, leave it. Leave the manager to do what he does best. Um, James Ward Prowse, Rice, and Madison will be nice additions. Says Stu. Uh, players said they love uh, new quality players coming in, meaning they won't mind being paid less and understand it. 
Uh, Ida Ward proud his quality, says 210 Records. Uh, Chris says he'd love to see Newcastle sign uh, Kefram Thurum. Yes, he's injured, but he's just hit French squad and he's at Nice, where we got Saint. He's 6.3 and decent centre uh, defensive midfielder. Uh, to free Bruno um, and Trolls doesn't think we will bring anyone in over the 150k a week mark, which I can understand because we do have a weird structure. Um, it's going to have to be broken at some point. Whether this summer's too early to do that, I, I don't know. It's not about breaking the wage structure. It's it's more about making it more organic so it grows with the growth of the football club. You can't suddenly when you've got you know a mix of squad with some on 30 grand, some on 60 grand. Someone three hundred grand or someone hundred grand when when you know a lot of them play an equal part in the team. It doesn't work. It doesn't work for unity no matter what the players, as a previous comment had said. It doesn't work. You will still get egos knocking on doors, and you don't want to create that. So I think it will grow with time, and Newcastle it will be in those brackets. In in you know, I don't. I'm not going to put a time scale on it, but in the future they will be in those brackets. I've got no doubt about it. But at this stage, with revenues still massively depressed compared to a lot of teams in the Premier League, I think it's going to be quite some time probably before you see Newcastle United signing players on those kind of figures. Mm, yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it's slowly, slowly catching the monkey with uh, with Newcastle at the moment. They'll, you know, they've got a plan, they're going to stick to it. Afternoon, lads, I'd love to see us go for Alfonso Davies at left-back and uh, Rice uh, centre midfield and Diaby on the wing. They would be great signings. Yeah, again... Just Newcastle, just there would be great signings. Look, so would, yeah, incredible, absolutely incredible signings. And so would Lionel Messi for the final year of his career. It would be an unbelievable signing. But it's just pie in the sky stuff. It's pointless. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, when you say it like that, I think that's what we all, you know, we all accept. <laughs> you know, yeah. we've got to keep our feet on the ground. Any income players, incoming players will be, always be improved once they've gone through edification. That's, that's, become, that's become a, going to become a word that. Um, and these other clubs are paying two, three, four, five hundred grand a week. We're doing it on the cheap so far, says Geordie Jedi. Because we haven't got the money. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. the, the football club doesn't make anywhere near the same amount of money that Tottenham Hotspur does. Doesn't make the same anywhere close to the same amount of money that Manchester United does. Anywhere close to the same amount of money that Chelsea does and all these other teams. It will take time. Things don't happen overnight. Yeah, uh, I honestly think uh, James Ward-Prowse is too old, 29 soon, and apart from free kicks, I don't think he can keep up. Um, so, uh, yeah, again, Chris... You bring James Ward-Prowse in. He has, he has just... Because uh, I've seen a lot of support from him in these comments. Put James Ward-Prowse in. Who do you put James Ward-Prowse in ahead of? Is he got... Mm. Is, there's actually probably very few footballers in the Premier League got the engine and energy of Sean Longstaff. Do you put him in for Sean Longstaff and expect tw- a 29-year-old... Short, um, James Ward-Prowse to uh, to smash defenders and, and midfielders with this ridiculously uh, ridiculous high press at times. It just isn't going to happen. You've got to sign players for the system and the way they want to play. And for me, I just don't think James Ward-Prowse fits. But look, you see the edification idea. They might sign James Ward-Prowse and he might come in and, and Eddie Howe might find a perfect role for him and move a few little things around and it might, might be absolutely brilliant, the best thing you've ever done. But I just don't... For me personally, I've seen enough of James Ward-Prowse this season. They've played Newcastle four times. I've been in every game, and and I'm just not. I'm, I'm a do, do not see any way, shape, or form how he fits into this current uh, team. How much do you realistically think we'll spend? Says Buster Blood Vessel. Uh, if I had to have a guess, I would say they'll probably spend between 150 to 200. Yeah, I would agree. 
Uh, I don't. I don't think we'll spend more than that. But I, I agree. And if the price is right, you know that, that that's what it's that's all it. about, really. If they can improve, if they if that if that only signs them three players, that's fine. If they sign, uh, if they, if that spreads across six players, I'm not sure. It's just going to be the right players at the right price. Mm-hmm. Daft analogy. Messi's the kind of ego we don't. Well, need no, it's not a daft analogy because I'll, I'll say exactly the same thing. I want to sign. I want to sign Declan Rice and I want to sign Harry Kane. Pie in the sky, absolute pie in the sky. So I'll, I'll use that analogy and say I'll say exactly the same for for Rice and exactly the same for for Harry Kane. Pie in the sky. Yeah, and uh, exciting time ahead. You're right. Uh, Trolls 150, 200 million will get us what we need. In my opinion, yes, of course it will. I I agree. And there'll be players who uh, you know who you know will come back again next season. We'll. we'll We've just qualified for the Champions League and been to the Carabao Cup final with this team. They haven't they won't suddenly become a bad team overnight. Uh, a lot of these players will be able to do the job next season, but they do need support. We do need, you know, we do need additions, and that's the key. Uh, and the additions have to be the right ones. And those going out, there will be some big name players going out who, um, you know, uh, are either coming to the end of their contracts or whatever. But you know, we, we've got to make sure we replace them. That's the key. Okay, and Newcastle United play Rangers in a pre-season friendly. Uh, if you want to go, uh, the initial points requirement is fifty. There's an allocation of eight thousand adult tickets at twenty-five, over sixty-five is twenty, under sixteen is ten pound. Tuesday, July the eighteenth, seven forty-five p.m. Get your tickets now. They're on sale from the club website. Newcastle, of course, play away at Chelsea this Sunday, 4.30 kickoff. All 3,000 tickets are sold, and there is no UK TV coverage for this one. Uh, referee and VAR ought to be confirmed at this moment in time. As uh, Liam has already said, Newcastle, uh, I feel, think the job's done uh, or busy. Um, relaxing a little bit, it has to be said. Uh, Chelsea, who haven't had the best of seasons. Is that an understatement? Maybe it is. Um, well, Brogia... Uh, Buddy Shield, uh, Kante, Reese James are missing through injury, and uh, Kurikela, Chilwell, Mount, and Kovacic. Uh, we don't know whether they're going to be available either. Um, this is a, a nothing game for both teams. Uh, should be a typical end of season fair, uh, and we just need your prediction, Liam. I never really predict Newcastle to get beat, but I'm definitely going to on this one. Uh, I'm going to stay conservative, and I think it'll be a two 0 loss. That's the way I look at it. I think. All right. Uh, I think, I think there'll be changes, and I think there's it's just a mentality thing. I think yeah. speaking to people in and around the, the club, as I have done in the last few days, I think I think the season's over. I think I think the season's over. And, and look, I, anybody, I don't see how anybody can be critical of that. I really don't. No. It's no. Uh, the job is done. The, the the previously unattainable idea of a Champions League campaign is reality. So why would you why would you keep flogging it when players have got knocks and like I say the idea was of it with Nick Pope, who's been carrying that injury that he's out with and, and he's and he's had his operation, <clears throat> and it could only be fixed by having an operation, and mm-hmm. he's been carrying that injury. If you remember, he pulled out the last England squad as well with the same injury when they went across uh, to Dubai, um, and it was always a case of. If they qualified before, he would have he would have missed the last couple of games. He would have missed Leicester as well. He would have went in for the operation. Or if they still hadn't qualified as we sit now, he would have went in at the end of the season after Chelsea. So he was just waiting for the point when they've qualified to go in for the operation. And that's happened. So if you use that mentality, there's a few others carrying knocks. Um, so it'd be no surprise to see 
quite a few players taken out the team. They might not go down that route. Mm. But I, just I think they will. I think I, I'll be very, I'll be very, we know we're going to see a new keeper. I, I would be surprised if it isn't Dubravka. I think you'll see uh, Ashby uh, have a run out uh, in the game. Possibly, I think you'll have um, Lewis Miley will certainly feature at some point. I think uh, Elliot Anderson will probably start the game. Uh, I'll be, I'll be surprised if Trippier is playing. Um, you know, wh- why, why, you know, why he doesn't need to play. Um, Bruno, possibly, you know, if the angle isn't... If the, if the, I just don't see why... I mean, Bruno's told some of the lads who spoke to him last week after the game against Leicester, or maybe in pre- I think it was after the game against Leicester, that he wants to play in the game, but he's not going to say anything else, is he, really? Yeah, why? Because when a lad's been away with the World Cup, I know he didn't play much, but he's had a very long season. If I was Eddie Howe now, and, and even with Trippier and Wilson, who are going to go away with England, for the international boys, for me, I would probably be saying to them, look, lads... Go and get yourselves a few days with your family before you go around international. I wouldn't even have them in the squad on Sunday. That Wilson's going to want to play it to hit 20 goals. Is. In. <laughs> that's, that's one of the things. I'd, I would leave it up to them and say, look, if you really want to, you can play. Yeah. But the option's there if you want to go and have a few days. because it, it has. Even without the World Cup, it's been a bizarre, bizarrely long season. It's felt like it's gone on forever. Yeah, um, So I would give them that break. I think Gordon will start Buster Blood Vessel as well. It's the last game of the season, so they'll get a lot of rest after the match, says Trolls. And Paul just says, I, do, I agree, Liam. He says, but it's people paying a lot of money to travel down to watch the game. I hope we'll give it 100%, which every team in black and white will give it 100% under Eddie Howe. There's one person who won't be uh, resting, and that's for certain, and that's Eddie Howe. I couldn't believe walking around the ground uh, four hours before kickoff, as I did, to go and do a, a tour of the ground. And who's pulling in? Eddie Howe, I mean, you know, the guy's got a great work ethic and he won't be letting the grass grow under the, uh, the feet. Um, he'll be making sure that the lads the lads go out who, who play in the black and white shirt will do it. Target, yeah, there's another one. Maxi. Look, I get it. I get you've paid a lot of money to go down. What would mm. you prefer? Would you prefer to swap and have a jeopardy on this game and potentially not champion, qualify for the Champions League? You want to see a good team. Mm. I want to see Newcastle in the Champions League next season, so it's a trade-off. What, yeah. How can you complain? You're getting a weekend in London. Go and enjoy yourselves. I'm certainly going to. Yeah. I mean, the lads I travel down with, we're, we're going to go down. We're going to have a good time. Newcastle get B3-0. Well, so what? We'll qualify for the Champions League and we'll wave all the Chelsea fans off. We've got no European competition next season. Great. I wouldn't trade that for the world. And uh, the name whose name I never sp- say out loud, uh, we'll just call him Mr Ice. Uh, well done, Geordies, he says. Enjoy it while it lasts. We will be back. You'll never walk alone. Yes, you will be, mate. You will be. You might just pick Manchester United. You'll be cheering Chelsea on tonight, I bet, Ice. Uh, do you think we'll have a major clear out? Yes, we will, Buster. And uh, we'll be speaking about the transfers, ins and outs next, uh, well, for the next couple of months. Uh, Liam and I will be back next week. Um, and uh, I will be sending everybody who does the shows uh, a, a list of uh, awards to hand out next week. So it's uh, you know we'll be looking back on a on a fantastic season and handing out uh, their own awards. But uh, for now, Liam, great to have you on, mate. Speak to you soon. Take care, pal.